but people don't uh, talk to each other that much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all, even the way people look, at, especially in Miami, they're all caricatures. Mm-hmm. Something is marketed on Instagram and then people dress like that and mm-hmm. they don't actually uh, engage socially and find out what the other party likes, dislikes or whatever. Gotham Sastry. Uh, I've been in the big data space for decades, starting with uh, acoustics processing and submarine hunting during the Cold War, uh, and then transitioning to weather forecasting. Mm. And then finally, I became a startup entrepreneur. Uh, the first company helped br- build high definition uh, production. So, Pixar 4. Uh, sorry, Pixar licensed it to build Toy Story 4. You know, when you went from standard definition to high definition, data sizes exploded mm-hmm. by a, a, a factor of 10. Uh, and the theme to this, I exited that, that started a company called TerraScale post 9-11. And this was my first foray into surveilling the internet. Uh, because we had to find the bad guys and deal with them. Uh, there was no cloud at the time. Yeah. In 2002, there was no cloud. So I built one of the first cloud systems, uh, licensed it to Raytheon, amongst others, uh, the Human Genome Project, Shell mm-hmm. Oil, and such. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Raytheon situation was interesting because most of the data was unstructured. Uh-huh. And uh, Twitter hadn't been created yet. So we are mining the internet for insights. When I say we, I was in the cloud part. They were doing stuff that I don't want to know about. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, actionable insights were uh, things that caused drone strikes to happen with minimal collateral damage. Uh-huh. Now, uh, transition to uh, my next startup, I said to him, the premise is, what's actionable intelligence uh, in the civilian universe? And the most obvious thing to me was the stock market. Mm-hmm. You look at the chatter of the cloud. Uh, Richard Taylor said uh, humans are predictably irrational. So why not measure what they're saying? Uh, Also, there's a lot of science that shows that if you don't ask people a question and they talk freely, then they're saying their true intent and that asking questions necessarily biases the answer and Mm -hmm. you don't get the correct response. So uh, when I first subscribed to the Twitter API, nobody in finance was doing any of this. Uh, in fact, we got patents dated 2014 talking about the use of social media uh, to predict the markets. Mm-hmm. We were the first app on the Bloomberg terminal ever, uh, and we we're displaying sentiment indicators. Mm-hmm. We built the first social sentiment index with JP Morgan and co-branded it 
uh, JPUS ISN. Uh, we built 16 indices for NASDAQ. And the common theme is this was all about social sentiment, specifically Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. And Twitter is ideal because you got to say what you got to say and stop. Of course. So, uh, now you have run on tweets, but in those days, it w you literally had to be very explicit and uh -huh. you ran out of text. Yeah. So, uh, but you should look at World War II for inspiration. Can you imagine World War II being fought without text, uh, without telegrams? What's a telegram? It's, uh, <laughs> it's a point to point tweet. Of course. Tweet is a one to many telegram. Uh, and of course, telegrams are more restricted. Tweets are just like you're standing at the corner of Hyde Park Corner uh, and saying anything, and it's open to anybody that's listening. Uh, the turning point came in 20, 2012 when uh, the CEO of Netflix was sued by the SEC for saying one billion served on his Facebook page. Uh -huh. And the courts ruled that it was not insider information because anybody that chose to go to that, uh, you know, Facebook page would have access to the same information. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, uh, that's a backdrop, and now uh, go ahead. I almost wonder, because you essentially pioneered what is now sentiment analysis, and we saw this absolutely blow up with Wall Street bets uh, in 2020 and 2021 with GameStop and AMC and all those other meme stocks. Did you, Could you foresee that coming? When, when that was happening with such high short short interest in those in those securities yes so uh, i did the whole premise is the dutch tulip thing right uh you have periods of hysteria so there's two types of trade uh trading broadly speaking one is the ebb and flow that happens in the background uh, and that's uh, sort of continuous and then you have events. So GameStop and AMC were a series of events. Now, uh, what's happening these days is that even the S&P 25 stocks mm -hmm. are showing the same types of volatility that uh, you used to see in GameStop and AMC. It's become even more sentiment biased. Uh, so, uh, but people still don't view social sentiment as mainstream. It's viewed mm -hmm. as an alternative. Yes. Yeah. But do do but, retail orders yeah. do retail orders impact um, market moves that much? I mean, I thought hedge yes. funds and and large institutions were at the driver's seat mainly. Well, uh, they were paying me up to two hundred thousand dollars a month for social sentiment. I'm talking about companies like Millennium, Renaissance Technologies, and D. Shaw. Those were some of the clients of Icentium. Uh, so, uh, yes. Also, the Robin Hood phenomenon is that there's 25 million day traders that are not paying any fees. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, Citadel is looking at the order flow and they have a spectacular seat in terms of sentiment as manifested by actual trades. Uh, 
right? If you know what the order flow is doing, you have a pretty good leading indicator. Mm -hmm. uh, just like the VIX is constructed of options, uh -huh. um, anybody that has their hands on the order flow at large in the form of a bunch of small trades placed by retail investors, uh, that itself is a form of sentiment. But the tendency is for people to tweet about it uh, and sort of get positive reinforcement before being brave enough to actually place the trade. Yes. Uh, th that's why you see these runaway sentiment bursts where if I uh, looked at GameStop, tweet volume is a leading indicator of stock volatility in either direction. Wow. Uh, so you can derive insights just from the volume surge versus the background noise. Mm -hmm. And then if you measure the actual sentiment, it gives you a directional indication. How do you filter out spam bots on Twitter? Because there's a lot of people now that have bots that, that just spam certain securities because they want to pump the stock up, right? And they know that a lot of institutions are using this data-driven software to predict sentiment. So why not just create a bunch of bots that, that try to manipulate these hedge funds? Well, uh, that's main, the main focus of we foresee. In 2013, we were granted the patent at Icentium, which we foresee now owns. That was the design for an AI-powered bot. Mm -hmm. It did not have any malignant intent, uh, but uh, at the time, the objective was to generate a narrative out of the noise of Twitter. Uh, so analysts would be able to read something uh, in the in the context that they were looking at it. I never got to prioritize it, but with generative AI, it's sort of like Einstein created the theory of relativity and the first practical application was a nuclear bomb. So the first pragmatic application of generative AI is in fact spam bots uh, <laughs> that mutate, evolve, and flow around filters that you create and that's my primary work right now yeah uh, without naming any specific platforms we've benchmarked a number of them and uh, when musk acquired twitter he was upset that uh, an audit showed 11 percent were bots yeah in platforms that have text content that's now hit 90%. And uh, there was a distinct period in the first week of May when the first wave of bot attacks began. So the European Union Innovation Labs did a study and said by 2025, almost 90% of everything you see on the internet is going to be bot generated and that most bot generated stuff uh, has bad intentions really okay it's uh, and in my view it's already happened the implications of this are that you have this huge multi-billion dollar in uh, you know revenue stream that 
is the only reason why social media exists mm-hmm. and is free is because of advertising. Yes. Uh, so, uh, looking at Twitter's last te- uh, 10Q filing in June 2022, uh, they had $400 million in API sales and $4 billion in advertising sales. Uh, and let's just look at advertising. If these bots are not regulated, threads, right? They had 100 million signups and only 10 million are active now. What's going on with the other 190 million? There's but elections I mean, coming. You can't really regulate the internet, though. That's the thing. Well, I mean, no, people have tried. Court. It's in the Supreme Court on the docket this year. Wow. For this session. Yeah. Uh, the Northern District of Louisiana ruled that uh, the federal government cannot regulate the internet. Uh, the Supreme Court has agreed to look at the case in this session and uh, it's like uh, I'm not taking a position on this I'm just taking uh, the economic consequences when people believe that they're advertising to bots and not humans it's an existential threat to the platforms themselves yes and I this I emphasize this is an AI generated problem Right. Everybody is looking at what they can do positively, like uh, accelerate vaccines and all that. But the, uh, those are good applications. What's going to undermine all that is if people stop trusting the Internet. Yeah, no. And, and being a human in the year 2023 is challenging even because humans crave the, uh, the validation and uh, communication with other humans. And now if I'm going on the internet and I don't even know if I'm talking to a real human being, it's kind of scary and it makes you feel kind of lonely as a, as a person living in 2023. Yeah, well, uh, uh, I'm of a certain age when uh, I, was, I had one of the first 500 user IDs on DARPANET uh-huh. Uh, so, it's now your life is immersed. We are already living in a metaverse, right? Uh, that's why I think the uh, attempt to create an artificial, a new metaverse failed because you're already in one. Yeah, you, uh, I you, can see that. The, the distinction between what is human and what's not is so blurred that you literally have to be standing face to face in a room uh, to figure yeah. things out. I mean, even you could be uh, a bot right now. You could be a bot, and I wouldn't yes, know. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. and and um, you've seen it with with uh, voice deepfakes now, and there's people who can make uh, deepfakes that sound like your your cousin or your mom or your dad and they've gotten they've been able to scam people for for hundreds of millions of dollars in total doing that yeah also you can uh, shoot one scene with an actor and then uh, render them realistically and create a whole movie out of it mm-hmm. by oh, yeah, that's, a storyline mm-hmm. and auto generating a script right uh, 
I was involved in the early stages of animation at very high resolution when Toy Story Store, uh, 4 was produced. Uh, so that was just providing enough throughput. The company was in fact called Maximum Throughput. So you could manipulate all the images and produce the Toy Story 4 experience in HD. Now, with the use of GPUs and cloud, and you're actually computing a lot of stuff on the edge. IoT is your phone, right? It, it pre-processes information and then seamlessly sends it to the cloud. So you have, I don't know, there's 3 billion phones or something on the planet, mobile phones that are <laughs> smart. Uh, these things are all computing in parallel. It's become one gigantic supercomputer. Uh, yeah. And it, it's also very observational because it's seeing what you're seeing. Uh, so uh, we have already gotten way ahead of ourselves in applied AI mm -hmm. uh, without measuring any discrete steps. It's sort of small little increments that have mm -hmm. uh, grown exponentially and to create this environment. And uh, to me, the most dangerous thing that I'm dealing with is this bot invasion uh, because I'm concerned about the elections as the ah, most okay. obvious form of manipulating the soul's uh, chatter. It's also yeah. causing societal divisions. Of and course. If you watch the news, you don't know what's real or what's not about Ukraine, Palestine. Etc. Yeah, uh, and I, I talked to my mom about this, and 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 she mentioned that the world, or at least America, was so unified when 9/11 happened, and since then it has gone so downhill, and and people hate each other, people are scared of each other, people are scared to have genuine human connections now. Well, that's probably the last time that the world was unified. America, America. Last time America was here. Well, yeah, I mean, I, would I think say, everything yeah. changed after that, like security in general. Yeah. Airports. Yeah, I think there's a lack of hope, fundamentally, in the world now. And why is that? Uh, well, uh, I can give you my uh, observations. I I seem to always have business startups that go well when a crisis happens. Uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, people used to read the news. You didn't have 24 by seven coverage on TV about war. Mm -hmm. uh, so there were, it was discretized. You had press conferences and you had newspapers and there was a specific quantum which was not continuous. So whether you read the Wall Street Journal or some liberal outlet, uh, it was discrete, right? The updates yeah. weren't continuous. As the updates become continuous, you have the opportunity to fill in, to interpolate with all kinds of falsehoods. Yeah. So uh, you're creating a storyline that's continuous and self-reinforcing. Uh, and uh, there's so much artificial stuff that can be used to embellish mm -hmm. the main storyline. How does an individual now 
fact check for themselves anything uh, when there's so much data. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, yeah, it, the world has become a more depressed place. When 9-11 happened, everybody said, let the boys do their job battling this. We are going to open the stock market. We're going to start trading like it never happened. We are not going to let them win. And strangers were helping each other out. Uh, and there was an incredible sense of task and purpose. Yeah. Now, uh, even if something insignificant happens, there's a huge chorus of uh, blame Mm-hmm. without any facts. Yeah. And uh, people shout at each other under a wall of anonymity. So uh, if we couldn't see each other and we didn't agree with each other and I didn't know uh, who you were or you didn't know who I was, uh, it devolves into uncivil yeah. conversation. I, I have a two-part question. And... Um, yeah. Well, I mean, one one part's a comment and one part's a question. Um, I personally think that in the next 10 years, there's going to be a massive revolt against the Internet um, from young people because of how hopeless some things have gotten with the the permeation of AI. Um, Like you you, like you mentioned, all these phones are, are running in parallel with each other. Uh, and number two, do you generally agree with Elon Musk's assessment that we need to pause research in AI for a while? Um, I'll address point one. I, I agree with you. You know, humans have a knack for self-preservation. So uh, if we're – the level of loneliness will be such that people will bust out of it. Uh, even if you look at, I was reading a statistic that only 28% of millennials had babies. Wow. Right? Uh, I don't know what the number is going to be with Gen Z, but people don't uh, talk to each other that much anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's all, even the way people look, at, especially in Miami, they're all caricatures. You know, mm-hmm. something is marketed on Instagram, and then people dress like that, and mm-hmm. they don't actually uh, engage socially and find out what the other party likes, dislikes, or whatever. There's a yeah. template for how to. There's a template that defines good looks. There's a template that defines what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all these things tend to be sort of superficial. Uh, there's, uh, you wouldn't see the study of history as being a template for driving a Lamborghini. Therefore, <laughs> you're successful, right? Yeah, but can uh, you say can you say Miami is defines the rest of the world? Because if you if you want to date someone, you don't go to Miami. I think a lot of people know that because Miami is just full of people who want to get famous on social media that are looking for something like that, that are looking for worldly pleasures. 
So you're not going to find someone there. I don't think that defines the world. And I don't really think there's going to be a revolt against the internet because people are going to be consumed by it. And Gen Alpha that is entering high school next year, they they grew up with that stuff. They're not going to say, you know what, I don't want this anymore. And I think the whole attribute that, that the whole point you're saying about loneliness in this generation, I think it's because that people are realizing that they're growing up, that they need to go into the real world and that no one's going to hand them anything. And that realization alone and that that time alone where you got to spend the next 10 years of your life just working if you don't want to if you don't want to be stuck and in, in a place you don't want to be i think that's what's driving people into loneliness but once they really break out of that that means that you know they've accomplished something and i think that's what's going to change people mm-hmm. well uh, you actually made a very eloquent point uh, which is i'm not saying miami is what the rest of the world looks like i'm saying that Miami is the epicenter of a form of virus that is spreading outwards. It's radiating, radiating out. Why would there be social media influencers elsewhere if uh, it if the Miami effect wasn't actually taking hold? Right? Uh, you see a bunch of people in this microcosm apparently making it big without doing much. And yeah. then everybody else, this was the Air Nike syndrome 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Everybody wanted the $350 pair of shoes. So yes, I agree with you that eventually humans will regulate themselves to back to sanity, uh, but it's got, it's become chaotic and it's gonna be very chaotic as things correct themselves into some sustainable normal mm-hmm. which leads me to the question the second the question you asked uh do you agree with elon musk um and i think uh, well i absolutely agree with elon musk uh, in the sense that this stuff needs to be regulated in some form mm-hmm. absolute free speech is not something that he actually believes in because you can't track his uh, flights on Twitter anymore, uh, mm-hmm. although it is public information, right? If uh-huh. you want to fly an FAA registered or any aircraft beyond a certain size in yeah. the US, you need to be trans- uh, transmitting. Transponder, yeah. 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 So uh, that's why this is already in front of the Supreme Court, which people did not expect, right? It's a very conservative court, and they are considering this case of regulating. I also believe that uh, regulation is essential for survival because if the advertisers are convinced, rightly or wrongly, that the bulk of the money they're spending is being viewed by machines and the humans have been crowded out, it's going to cause a platform implosion. And I'm not talking about any specific platform. I'm talking about social media as a concept will implode because people don't believe that it represents their views anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you went into a stadium and you delivered a speech and there are 50,000 people there, you're going, 
Wow, that was powerful. Uh, you know, imagine Martin Luther King delivering his speech, and the actual population was actually uh, was fifty thousand, and the remaining nine hundred fifty thousand were really uh, uh, well realistic proxies for humans, but not human. The effect is totally different. Yeah. Uh, and the gravity of the situation hasn't been absorbed yet because this actually began in May. There was uh, there were bots before that, but they exploded at a point in time in May. It's like Skynet, uh, and it, it's the bleeding edge of the. AI-powered bot, and it's volumetrically dwarfed the traditional bots that used to exist. So, which means everything is going to become more surreal and accelerate the time to reversion, uh, which means the return to normalcy by mass rejection of certain platforms. So, I mean, our main audience are our students in college, and um, we, I, we're talking about things that, that could fundamentally shake up the entire world. But what can I do as a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, to combat this and, and, and be happy again not being a social media influencer or not making millions of dollars online that's pushed on so many people, right? How can I be... How can I change this paradigm as a one person? Or how can I work towards something that gives me purpose outside of the internet? Well, uh, there's two things. One is you feel less helpless when you're solving the problem with the know-how that you've gained through your education. Uh, if you keep worrying about it and you don't do anything, time passes and you feel more and more helpless. Mm -hmm. The joy of youth is that you wake up and you believe anything is possible. So pick something and explore it. You know, uh, the universe is changing continuously, which means that more problems surface. Yeah. I explained that the bot issue just surfaced. When you have Elon Musk as the chief evangelist for saying there's bots everywhere, right? It means that there's a, you can get funded to solve specific aspects of it. For example, there's one uh, university student that wrote something that detects that the article was generated by generative AI, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Similarly, I think, uh, well, I'm working on the bot issue specifically, uh, but there can also be good bots. So I, I sense that there's a huge opportunity for to absorb all this information and distill it into the most likely narrative that's closest to the truth. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think humans are able to seek the truth without help from the very machines that created the falsehoods. Mm -hmm. uh, the real problem has exceeded that. Also in financial engineering, don't forget that there is an engineering component to it without which nothing else will work. Uh, and that's called data. Of course. Uh, data is uh, the oxygen that feeds the brain that's AI. So you have data scientists, then you have AI. There's a huge chasm between the two practices. The only way to really detect bots efficiently is to embed that part of the intelligence in your cloud. Mm -hmm. So as it comes in, you're automatically sorting it out and creating buckets, suspects and not suspects. And you end up, if you try to do that after you've stored it, you know, the networks are faster than storage. Each cell phone at 5G is, you know, 500 megabits. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you push the solution also to the edge, a lot, uh, because that's where the, the misinformation is coming from, you, if you just look at the total stack, there's so many areas that you can specialize in and there's tons of money. So you can make a good living and even start up many, many different ventures. Uh, the days of creating a startup where you raise $300 million at a $2 billion valuation are gone. So we've come back to Earth now. Uh, but the opportunity to raise $5 million and solve a very specific problem uh, that people can relate to. Yeah. Uh, for example, LinkedIn, right? Everybody uses it. You can mm -hmm. sense that there are more and more AI-generated uh, messages coming to you. Oh, of course, They've yeah. To, yeah, so 70% of my inbox is filled with uh, this kind of stuff. Yeah, which is why we, when we reach out to people, we try to uh, reach out and add a human touch, and we're going to start sending out uh, handwritten thank you notes to everyone who's on our podcast, too, because we believe in being human. Okay, we don't we don't believe in everything being generated by AI. It helps with a lot of things, but when you're interacting with other humans, you need to have a human touch to it. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, you need to start engaging at the human level. Like uh, like <laughs> the way you guys reached out to me. I have a nine. I have two boys, nine and ten, and I insist uh, they both love to read books. Uh, I have the last printed edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, uh -huh. They love reading that, you know, alphabetically, and they learn all kinds of random truths from before the age of disinformation. Uh, so in, you have to live where you want to be. Uh, you have to visualize that. You have to take the skills that you've learned and start solving something, right? It's overwhelming to look at everything that's wrong. Uh, you'll be paralyzed. 
pick one obvious thing that bugs you and be really good at solving it. Yeah. Uh, for example, people don't know that uh, the LinkedIn API is free. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked at what's in it, but uh, I doubt if people have, they are trying to pitch you stuff that is becoming intrusive. I don't know how many people have actually said, I'm going to use the API and create some sort of an index of, you know, spamminess or whatever. The other thing that I want to build is uh, a spam effectiveness uh, index. What do I mean by spam effectiveness? I'm giving you examples of stuff that hasn't been worked on. Mm -hmm. If it's true that there are bots, what is the lag time between the bots actually changing human behavior? Ah. This is very important to me because if price is a derivative of sentiment, which already demonstrated at Icentium, is sentiment a derivative of AI? If so, what's the lead time? Because then you're going to make a killing in the stock market. Yeah. Uh, so you separate out the bots. There's no moral stuff, okay? It's all propaganda. Propaganda exists because it works. Advertising is propaganda. Bots are propaganda. Yeah. It's only bad if you if it's not favoring you. And there's a statistic uh, a, that shows there's a statistic that shows that four you see about four to five thousand ads per day as a human today. Yeah. So uh, what's missing? And by the way, one of the things we did at uh, I sent him was uh, we we partnered with WPP Mindshare to build social sentiment indicators on BlackRock's website. Oh. So if the, uh, the economy was looking rough, you'd see gold ETFs float to the surface. And if it looked like things were booming, you'd see equities, uh -huh. right? Um, the question I have is, out of the 5,000 ads that you see every day, which ones are actually impacting your decision-making? Uh, James, you see 5,000 ads a day? I, that's the statistic. It's how, about 5,000. How is that true? Well, there's one, Adidas, on his shirt. How uh, is that one? Okay. The ro Roadcaster right here. Uh, we have this SD card. That's another ad. That's three. We have my gaming computer that we're doing this on. We have the headphones. We have IU, we have your, your sweatpants, we have Germex right here. There's all the ads right there. Yeah, but what I don't get, how how are these ads that how are these ads becoming really effective? Like if you see a Super Bowl commercial on Geico, it's just the volume. Many, it's the volume. Yeah, but how ads. many people are convinced from that one second one that one twenty second segment? Because I've never I, seen a Super Bowl something. ad and then I say, you know, like I really want to buy that product. I've never had that happen before. It's not a science, it's just a practice, right? People in marketing and advertising like to joke that half of it, half of the spend works. They don't know which half. So uh, given the, imp the amount of money that's spent on social media, mm -hmm. the trust to spend ratio is ridiculous, right? 
nobody trusts social media, but everybody advertises on it. Yes. Uh, so you, uh, what you refer to is brand, okay? So this is the Adidas brand. It's not actively advertising, but it was shaped by studies. So the brand is pleasing in a way, so it works as an advertisement. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the consequence of advertising to a certain extent and people reading the feedback loop. Um, so uh, nobody has built a systematic index for social media for this new type of thought, which is essentially listening to you and telling you what you want to hear uh, and then slightly moving the needle until you're totally indoctrinated. And we don't know uh, because it's so new. I mean, nobody was talking about generative AI 12 months ago. No. So and do you think... when it all started, yeah. Do you think echo chambers are real? Yeah, I think some people are more susceptible. Uh, it's an inverse function to literacy. Uh, the more literate you are, uh, uh, the more questions you ask. So you're dampening the echo, you're breaking the flow. I began my career in acoustics, so there's a physics to it. Uh, they're absolutely real in the absence of any signals that counter it. So if you're one guy with a bullhorn and then the whole stadium is full of speakers that are blasting the sound. Uh, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. Uh, from a purely capitalistic perspective, uh, I think there's an opportunity to see which of these bots, how much the bots are leading actual human perception because humans program machines that do trading, so you could leapfrog that. But there's a real necessity for an index in a massive business called advertising, where the people spending the money need to know, not because the social media companies told them, but because they're able to use generative AI to uh, probe the system and build an index, right? It doesn't all have to be bad. Uh, it's out there. How do you bring it in check? Yeah. Wow, this has been uh, one of the most thought-provoking episodes I think we've ever had. Um, I, I kind of have chills after yeah. after after doing this. This is kind of uh, it's it's scary in a way, but it's also um, it's also uplifting. Thank you for being here, and uh, I just want to ask you the one question that we ask all of our all of our members of our uh, or all of our guests. Um, a large portion of our audience are college students who, like we mentioned, may not know what exactly is going on, uh, what what the hell has happened in the past three years. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. So if you could give one piece of advice to the current young generation, what would it be and why? 
don't get immersed in the noise. You are young enough to not be embittered. You've been operating in an environment where the whole mission is to be curious. Uh, you can take risks. Uh, you can be wrong. Uh, you don't have responsibilities yet. Uh, so be excited, not fearful. Because uh, the worst thing to do is not do anything. Uh, and then your fears will be real uh, because time goes by very quickly. Yeah. And uh, Alexander the Great is uh, my hero because he started off at age 18 and on foot created the largest empire, uh, adapting every step of the way. Uh, until he, by the time he was 33, he had an empire almost as big as the British Empire. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to take steps every day. Uh, if you go in the wrong direction, you've only taken one wrong step. If you leap out of the box, you don't know where you're going to land. You've got to have a compass. You have to have purpose. You need to rationally assess what you've done at regular intervals and make the necessary corrections. Then you'll be too busy doing something that you love uh, to be afraid of it. Wow. Thank you for that piece of advice. Um, thank you so much for being here. This was uh, just an amazing conversation. I, I really loved it. Uh, I think our audience is going to love this one, too. Um, a lot of thought-provoking things, a lot of things that are relevant to us nowadays, and a lot of things that we struggle to sometimes put into words. I think you perfectly encapsulated all of that. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you to the IU Media School for letting us use their space today. Thank you to Dr. Monaco and Dr. Dokalich for their support and, and helping us get to where we are today. Thank you once again, Gotham, for being here. Thank you to Eric for co-hosting. And thank you for listening in today. Uh, I hope you have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you very much. Good luck. Okay. That's